act, do it, behave. You've got this idea, act on it. And I think that also echoes the finding your voice because essentially maybe I procrastinate because I'm not trusting the voice I have. You are listening to Stream. Every bone in my body was like, you are not doing this, this is wrong. Keep the conversation going and remain top of mind. Challenges are not supposed to stop you. The priorities and the things that we value have entirely changed. What we think influences what we say and how we behave. Taking the first step will reveal the next step. We try and create tomorrow what didn't exist today. It's not going to be perfect. You have to just keep moving forward. Welcome to Stream a platform where different streams of consciousness come together to share stories of struggles and success. I'm your host, Marisa Logan. This episode of Stream is brought to you by luxury sleep and loungewear brand, Lena Lena. Now internationally renowned businesswoman and author of 15 books, Ariana Huffington, wasn't wrong when she said, rob yourself of sleep and you'll find you do not function at your personal best. I know so many of you can attest to this and how hard it's been to set boundaries while working remotely during this pandemic. Part of my nighttime regime to switch off, calm the mind and ease my body into a state of relaxation is to slip on my favorite pair of super soft, breathable Lena Lena PJs, light a candle and read. Now I'll hand over to my brand new co-host, experienced journalist, podcaster and presenter, Andela Mlandu. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Stream SA podcast. My name is Andela Mlandi, your guest host for this specific episode. Today, my guest is just a phenomenal woman who won our hearts in 2018 when she won the SABC3 Presenter Search competition. When people talk about dynamite coming in small packages, they're talking about Balesa Teme. Bali, welcome to the stream. Girl, that I love that intro. Yeah. And so clapping. Yeah. That was outstanding. I love it. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. I'm so glad we get to have a chat because every time yeah. I watch your stories and your, you know, I'm following your work on social media, I just think, oh my word, the energy. I just want to take it and bottle it up and, and keep it for myself so that I can have the, the same energy every day. Yeah. Listen, I get that a lot. It's funny enough. Like I actually never knew how energetic and like bubbly I was until school. Literally. Like I just thought this is normal. Mm-mm, I'm actually lying. Every black family, I think in South Africa, has that one cousin or that one, you know, whoever who's always, hey, 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 hey. so like growing up, I was always told, you, oh, yeah, papa, or woo. In fact, I think there's like a Zulu saying, and they say, that was like literally, and that basically means like the most energetic, the one that talks you can trust her to be like the party starter like you know where to go Mm. so I think I've always just had that energy until I think it was my I started like I was starting to become a senior in high school you know so your name starts to be known around the school the principal in I remember I went for a drama and history tour in America and then this is when the news came out Mm. that in the staff room they call me the energizer bunny that is such I was a- like- sorry, that is amazing. <laughs> I was like, me. <laughs> yeah, so girl, I get that a lot. So many people like they DM me and they're like, dude, your energy is always all the way up there on the show, especially on Mondays. I think I get a lot on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, girl, I needed your energy today. So I, I guess it's news to me. Thanks guys for letting me know. Yeah, you take away everyone everyone's Monday 
few Mondays. So that's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I think that uh, the life is about balance. So it also takes the opposite end of it. But I don't know. I don't know. It's yes and no. Life's about balance. So I do need grounded people around me all the time to kind of bring me down a bit. But also, when I come home from a shoot, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm like, I've given enough energy where I come from. Uh, it's been a few hours now. We've shot, we've done it. Now I don't want to talk to anyone. It, I know it's very unhealthy and I know it's very selfish as well. But I'm just like, uh-uh. Like, I feel like, you know, throughout the day, I have moments where I always say, I'm conserving my energy. No one talk to me at a shoot. I'm literally like, no one talk to me. No one do this. No one do that. No one. To, I, I need to conserve my energy for when they go three, two, one. But then there's also a flip side that also when I come home, sometimes I carry that out mm. and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody because it's, I'm in an industry that just drains and it takes all the time. So be, being able to give it back is difficult. So yeah, I'm learning about balance. I love that you mentioned your industry because you're in the entertainment industry. So you're not only a television presenter, but you're also an MC and an actress that comes with many struggles and successes because you're constantly in the limelight one. I'm not sure if you are criticized in any way or you are trolled, hopefully not praying though, but you know, you are in the limelight and so you live your life publicly. Um, you know, that's what we would assume. How yeah. have you navigated this journey so far? Girl, don't we all want to say we haven't been trolled? I wish. In fact, I don't know if I wish I've never been trolled because there's another level of self-appreciation, self-love, self-actualization to a certain degree that one is forced to take on when people keep coming at you. Um, it has been very difficult. I am the most sensitive person I think you'll ever meet in your whole entire life. For someone who is in front of the camera literally seven days a week, uh, from sunset to sunfall, whether it's on live television or pre-recording, I'm in an industry where you're forever scrutinized and nothing you ever do is ever good enough or you're not pretty enough or you're always pinned up against the next woman or the next person and from who wore it best on red carpets to who's performing better, who's making more money. Do you know what I'm saying? And I just all feel like I understand that there's a fashion police and then there's that idea. But I just believe at the end of the day, we just keep pinning each other against ourselves. Um, you know, so I am in an industry where that is celebrated, uh, putting the one person against the other. With that comes judgment and with judgment comes opinions and people make their opinions known on social media. You know, those Twitter fingers are very quick. I've been a victim to it. I think my very first experience that like springs up to mind with cyberbullying. Oh, wow. I was, yeah, I was on Isibaya, which is, uh, it was like one of my very first big acting roles. And I was like, yes. I mean, it was a supporting character that came in and out of the storyline. So, you know, but they say there's no such thing as a small role. They're just small actors. So the role was decent enough for me. Yeah, uh -huh. the, the role was decent enough for me. But with that, thrust me in somewhat of the spotlight, somewhat. Because I was playing the best friend of a main character. So the spotlight was on her. I was just the whoop, whoop girl at the back. <laughs> but um, I guess I was still in front of people's screens enough for people to form an opinion. Oh, one day, I don't know what possessed me. I decided to search on Twitter. The name of my character at the time was Kim. Mm. 
decided to search the name of my character, Kim, on Instagram, on, on social, on, on Twitter, when the show was on. You, I, someone once said, um, oh, is that it's still a stomach or is it something else now oh that we don't know? You know, poking fun at how I, phys, like my physique in that moment or, or in, in that shot, in that scene, in that angle. Um, I'm a very petite person. I mean, someone decided to call me out and call me dynamite, but, <laughs> but I am, I'm, I'm a small person. So, 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 so hearing that, I was like, huh? Maybe I just, just had lunch. Like, I don't remember what happened that time. Or maybe I was just going through a bit of a moment, you know, a phase. Who knows? But someone felt the need to say it. Another comment I saw, maybe, was it a day later, a week later on the show? I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And someone said, oh, my gosh, I'm studying on the next room. And I already know that that's Kim's character on TV right now. Boy, does her voice annoy me. Like, People are very horrible. I think what? to be able to sit at your at your house and and tweet or or to say nasty things to other people, I think, is probably one of the cruelest things that anybody could ever do. I, I yeah, I've never understood that how you can be so mean as to go to that extent to break someone else. Yeah, for what? Mm. And then you got what? So I have experienced it, unfortunately. Um, again, just one random other example talking about my stomach because yes. I do gain weight in my belly area. I know every female can identify with that stubborn belly fat, that guts, that fupa, you know. You know. So uh, I think towards the end of last year, no, I remember it was the end of last year. Um, I had gained significant amounts of weight. No need to put numbers on it. But um, I remember like it was like our Christmas show or something. I went on social media to see who's saying what. This guy uh, says, oh, you know, that new presenter really needs to um, watch what she eats because she mustn't for what? He said she she must watch what she eats, uh, made a comment essentially about cause the stomach, hey, it's t- telling a different story. Now, because I'm new to the industry, I still think that this is a thing to do and entertain trolls. Mm-hmm. I decided to reply. And I was just like, <laughs> essentially, where do you come in? Where do you come in with my figure, my stomach, my, my everything, you know? And he said something that was so crucial and so important to me. And I quickly made me delete my comments. He said, don't forget, you're on my TV every single day, a TV license that I pay for. And you're entering my household every single day. So, yes, it is my business how you look. Oh, my goodness. I was like, reverse you know ashes you turn put your hands up like I was just like oh my goodness first of all it's a very entitled thing to say but to a certain degree he's kind of right um where does the conversation of body positivity now we're going on another topic on dinner but now where does the conversation of body positivity come in because we are saying embrace ourselves accept ourselves accept me for who I am I am every woman R-E-S-P-E-C-T but in another element it's like but if the viewers ain't keen and at the end of the day that's how I make my money ARs audience ratings how many people tune in every single day because either what they find is appealing that they see the information is interesting um so yeah it's, it's something I've been struggling with especially within the entertainment industry um sometimes it's easy and nice to be able to laugh back and say to people who said her voice is so annoying that well now I get paid to talk um but then you know there's another in you know element where a hundred people can say nice things about you but let 10 people say bad things about you it's the bad that you're more likely to remember 
Mm. Um, I like to also say just finally on this topic that I don't believe that it is healthy for everyone's opinion and voice to be amplified, especially during this time. So I've now come to learn to take social media with a pinch of salt. I will not dare search my name. I will not search Afternoon Express or any of the other platforms I find myself on unless you come and comment on my vibe or on Afternoon Express's vibe. Then we can start a conversation because whether it's positive or whether it's negative, I tend to find that social media dwells in the polar opposites. So either you're Beyonce, you're the best in the world there's no one more intelligent there's no one more beautiful there's no one more capable charismatic as you or you are the worst thing in the world how dare you how dare how come like you are we can't deal i despise you changing the channel i believe both are unhealthy there's no way i'm a soup like uh, yes i do believe in myself and i, I have what i'd like to call con- god confidence confidence but at the end of the day that polar opposite i think is too extreme and so is that so you have to take social media especially in the entertainment industry and in my space with a pinch of salt and and congratulations for doing that so well i think it's important to not take everything and like you said otherwise i can imagine what that does to someone's self-esteem so kudos to you for keeping you know your crown held high and your head your head up so i'm so proud of you Oh, thank you. I mean, you people like you make it easy, girl. Papali, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to take it a little bit back to your upbringing. You're a Durban girl. And, um, you know, just sensing from this conversation and, you know, earlier on you said that you had a lot of energy and you were that kind of, you know, energetic child. Did that influence the career path that you wanted to take in any way, that energy and, that, and, that, and this excitement that you have? Good question. Good question. Did the, what came first, the chicken or the egg? It's literally <laughs> that answer for me because I feel like I've always known what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. There's never been a question in my mind. So was I just blessed to be given the vision for the career and the natural energy talents that comes with it? I'd like to believe both happened simultaneously and it just made sense. And God knew what he was doing when he put me here and put the right sugar and spice and everything nice for me to do what I do. Um, It's difficult to say because of the energy I chose my career. I think even if I was more quiet and subdued, I would be a presenter that was more quiet and subdued and the person that you saw on social see on social media would be more that I don't want to say melancholy because now it's like a negative connotation but it would be more that chill yeah the chill person you know I, I do believe that I doesn't matter how, in what package I came in I would be doing what I'm doing so yeah what came first the chicken or the egg the personality or the career choice I don't know what has inspired you to stay the course and to you know, pursue this journey. I can imagine as someone in the entertainment industry, you get a lot of knocks, rejection possibly. Um, You know, how have you managed to stay on course? Remembering my why. I think that's very important. I think that's a lot of something that a lot of people speak about these days is remember your why. And they like to say your why can't be money, but I like to add the money on top because they say money comes and goes and I get that. But um, I think I like to remember my why. I'm a very competitive person, obviously having entering the, com- the, com- entering the industry I'm in 
through a reality competition, just happened to be, to, to show how competitive I am. But I'm very competitive even to myself. So I think it had a lot to do with, I just never questioned it. It just never, I know it sounds like a cop-out, but I just always knew I was going to do what I'm doing. I just, I never had, yes, there were times where it got really difficult and girl, we'll probably get into that as the chat goes, but it, 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 it became crazy where I seemed like a lunatic to my friends, my families, quitting jobs, absconding from work, uh, saying I'm this place, but I'm at an audition, but I just kept doing it. Maybe it's insanity. Um, but for me, it was very important to prove the little girl, right? The girl that always knew I've got what it takes. Whenever um, I grew up in the industry of the E! Hollywood channel, uh, E! Entertainment channel, I grew up when Oprah was booming. Um, I grew up when, uh, you know, Selima Tunzi, Chigamachi, Jam Ali. You know, when Jam Ali V. Mash was like, hey, welcome to another. Oh, sorry. I loved it. I would watch and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. Hmm. Remember when uh, SABC had continuity presenters? I remember. Simone, yeah. I remember. Graham Richards, I think. And Graham Richards, yes. I remember. Absolutely. I marveled at it. And I think I just owed it to myself to make it a reality. Hmm. I've just always been a very determined, competitive person. So I think that's one thing that also helped me stay the course. Another thing is that I've never had a plan B. So I had nothing to fall back on. Yes, I did go to school and I did study this. And yes, there was, but there was even a time where my mom says, hey, bo, don't you want to go get a teacher's course degree and go teach, maybe teach drama then because things weren't happening. But I was like, uh-uh, no. So um, I never had a plan B. I, I never did. I just took what I always wanted to do and I wanted to make it as perfect as possible. And the more no's I got, I was like, yeah, y'all, y'all don't get it. You don't see what, yeah, I'll be back kind of vibe. So I think it, yeah, destiny. You know what? Hey? I loved what you just said. You know, often we take rejection as something that is just so humiliating and we dwell on it and we, we're, we're, we're just mortified. But I love that you took that rejection and you said, I'll be back. You'll see me again. You know, you, you said yeah. And you made it work for you. I did. Um, half of it, I again, I'm going to talk about craziness a lot of the time because I don't know if I was crazy <laughs> with having all that sassiness. But, or maybe, you know how they like to say, I was introduced to the concept of mind power and manifestation very early. I think my very first like mind power course was in Joburg with a gentleman called Robin Banks. And he had come through and have these huge seminars and get everyone riled up and hyped up and you can manifest it and affirmations. Mm -hmm. And I just always knew that like the work I'm putting in mentally right now is going to pay off one day. We just got to wait. So me always, I think it was half, half. Yes, I definitely believed that you don't get it. And I used to always say to myself, I never said this out loud, but I used to, I used to always say, wow. One day, like, I believe the Durban scene wasn't very open to me in the entertainment industry, whether it's through the Playhouse or through radio or, or, or. I just, even when I was at Varsity, I wrote, I just felt like I was always in the choir and not the main singer, you know? And I used to always think, one day, you're going to wonder, okay, sorry, pause. I don't know if you can hear those dogs. 
we could hear the dogs, but it's okay. Technology and Zoom okay. our daily life. Your work. Huge fan. <laughs> Love your work. Okay, so um, I would I would always say to myself like one day within this audition in this tiny high school, if it's a no here, it'll be a yes on a provincial level. And if it's a no within the provincial level, it'll be a yes nationally. And if it's a no nationally, it'll be a yes within the continent of Africa. And if it's not a yes, I always just thought bigger. I always used to just think, well, the stage is too small for me anyway. Genuinely, I, I, maybe I was possessed. <laughs> maybe I was crazy. But I really thought that. Um, but with that, I also had to be honest. I didn't get like this overnight. There were lots of tears. And even when, I think maybe on day five, I would get to the attitude I was at. But day one, day two, I'm crying. I'm like, what did I do? I am my own biggest critic. And the replay button works very well in my mind. So I will reenact and overthink a scenario, an audition, a read, until I'm blue in the face. And then I'll pick out where I was wrong, what I did, where I fumbled, um, where I fluffed, as we like to call it in the industry. And then because I always knew I would make it, doesn't matter how, when, God knows, I must just keep knocking. I knew that, okay, well, dust yourself up, girl. It's a no on this platform. It's a no on this stage because there's a bigger stage. I used to always say growing up, like, I was so big in award shows. Pageants and award shows was me. I would tune into the Grammys, the Oscars, the Summers, and all of that. And I would always say, like, when I win my Oscar, I already knew the dress I'd be in, my outfit, my hairstyle. I'd literally, like, visualize me being up there. Them saying my name, me walking up. And I just always knew that one day there'll be a small little girl in the middle of Africa somewhere who will look up at the TV in that moment, see me and see themselves. And I know now these days it's so cheesy because we've got so many incredible queens of the universe, Jingo Zosbi, Nitunzi, and now Ushutu Fatso, uh, who emulates the same kind of mentality that they just want someone to identify with them, a young girl to see themselves in the success you've experienced. And I've had that also from a very young age. So it seems like our generation has a shared experience in that way. And I was just like, I'm going to make this possible. And it might not be this musical. It might not be this stage play. It might not be this advert, but one day. So yeah, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. So powerful. I, you know, I'm in awe right now because I love how you've brought in manifestation and how, you know, speaking things into existence and like visualizing things on a broader, much bigger scale can get you to where you want to be. You know, I, I, as humans, I think sometimes we, we, as much as we know our potential, we limit ourselves so much. And I love your limitless um, mentality, which, you know, if it's not national, then it is going to be through the African continent or internationally. And I'm it's, just, not on the, it's never on the same stage. It's always one above. <laughs> I, I love that. And I hope whoever's listening, you know, can pick up on that, especially during this hot lockdown time and so many things happening this year that people are my feeling a little bit, you know, discouraged or a little bit hopeless. So thank you for sharing that. That was absolutely beautiful. Can I take it a little bit of a step further? This is going to be a short one. I don't know... Uh, uh, 
So I do believe in embracing all denominations. Um, I like to call myself more spiritual than religious, Mm -hmm. but um, I love this example from the Bible that I have to share exactly about turning rejection into a different direction, um, a different, you know, it's it's just steering you off. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a fable essentially of a blind man in the Bible and the people of the town were just like, Jesus, you claim you're the the son of God, heal this man, let's see this power, do it. Um, And then the Lord, and and then Jesus, you know, took the man out of that city and decided to heal him privately. But for me, it's what happened in those moments. He... The Lord, so we, we see a lot in the Bible representation of water and the cleansing powers water has, but taking that a step further, saliva. And in this specific parable in the Bible, the Lord spits directly into this guy's eyes and says, see. Now, I think across any cultural uh, significance or reference, Spitting is never good. It's, it's, it's seen as disdain. It's seen as rejection. It's seen as um, disgust, I guess we can say. Yeah. But here he is using an act that is seen like that to bring sight to a man that hasn't been able to see, giving him his new course in life. So sometimes the Lord is going to use all the universe or Allah or Buddha or whoever you choose to call your God or even your own outlook on life. I don't want to box anyone out because it's the message here that's key. Um, Is that sometimes something that's negative, that's seen as disgusting, distasteful, will be used on purpose to make an example to for your glory at the end of the day. So I like to see rejection as that. Um, it's a tough pill to swallow. It's painful. No one says, yes, I got rejected. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely difficult, but you need to choose to see it differently to be able to see. So powerful. You are just spitting bars of wisdom. <laughs> I'm so grateful. Ali, uh, you know, this podcast is about success and, 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 and struggles. Um, as much as there are highs, there are also lows. Uh, during your journey, have you endured any specific challenge that sticks out for you? And how did you overcome that challenge? Yes, <laughs> lots of challenges. Um, I think number one, okay, okay. I absolutely have experienced challenges. I'm going to take I'm going to start with a physical challenge that not a lot of people know about and I don't really disclose and speak about quite openly because I was always afraid it would be used against me, especially in this industry. Um, But now through time and becoming more confident in who I am and in my role and what I have to give within the entertainment industry, I know that I can't be shaken. In fact, it can only build someone else. So now I'm at a stage where I'm more vulnerable and I'm open to sharing. But growing up, I had a very strong, difficult, debilitating learning disability called dyslexia. So that essentially made me reading learning a nightmare. I never saw myself as a scholar, an academic. Um, Maybe that's the excuse I used to be a creative, 
but I really did struggle. And it took a while for, first of all, my parents to identify and diagnose because coming from, you know, a middle-class black family where they've never experienced this, either a child is lazy in their eyes or is stupid. So that's essentially in the beginning is like when my parents were to do homework with me, they'd be like, uh-uh, like what's going on? This kid is not like, he what's, can't see what this word is. And obviously I ended up having to go to, cause I like to call my parents woke, I call my mom an Oprah mom. I ended up going to an OT, an occupational therapist, and I was able to overcome it. But for those that are familiar, there is no real healing. There's just coping mechanisms and you learn how to like word association for yourself and what works for you. We all have different practices. So I'm now on a live television platform where I read from the beginning of the show to the very end. There's also, so not only am I reading words on a page, but it's on a screen that's moving. Whoa. (laughs) And there's lights. So there's a glare and it's far. So that was definitely the first hurdle and the first challenge I think I had to get over. Number one, trusting myself, Mm. trusting that I know the words, you know, the words, you know, the words. Um, And even if it is an unfamiliar word, let's say we talk about brain cancer and now I'm having to deal with um, conversations that are and words and jargon in the medical industry and the medical fraternity that I'm not familiar with. First of all, just breathe, trust yourself. You know what it is. Take your time. And if you make a, and if you make a mistake, make a joke. I think that's what I really found that, first of all, no one cares. No one is sitting there with an Oxford dictionary judging and scrutinizing me. But I cannot take my audiences for granted. They're intelligent. They're educated. So I need to make sure that what I'm saying is real, is right, is, is I'm a leader in what I'm saying and I am an authority in what I'm saying. But if I make a mistake, it ain't that easy. It, it's not that much of a big deal. So trusting myself, I think. and um, preparation definitely a lot of presenters I see they just go in on the fly they go in blind I like to call it they go in cold not really knowing the the the, the, what they're talking about but they kind of just wing it they read the auto cue and they kind of just I can't do that I need to know well in advance what okay well not well in advance because well in advance in our industry is an hour before but that's still well in advance coming fresh off of reading on the fly you know Mm -hmm. so I just needed to make sure that I had what was crucial and essential within my arsenal that I was able to um, bring forth when I needed to, when I felt that disability kicking in, that, that, that dyslexia and that kind of like, uh, 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 you know, vibe. That also comes with a lot of jokes, a lot of teasing, some people that still don't even get it within my team, um, but that's okay. And it's, it's, it's okay, it's fine. But now I need to be able to share it so that other people know that you can do anything just without, you know, even imagining that you could be able to do it. I always thought I would never be able to be a newsreader. What? A whole, now you're reading ministers' names on the fly. And yeah, I find myself doing it. So I think that was like number one, the first challenge, dyslexia and overcoming that and dealing with that because it's something that presents itself every day. You cannot run away with it. Some days are better than others, but it's a daily struggle. Um, Another one is myself because... I think through, before I learned to turn um, rejection into something positive, you take on a lot of the hits. And is it me? Like I always, I know like one of the conversations we've always died to have and people always ask, do you have any regrets? 
I think as much as I have throughout this conversation shown myself as a very confident person in that, yeah, I always knew I got it. But no, it, it, it took a lot and it still takes a lot um, where I always used to call myself the underdog. I think I always, I told you, I was always in the choir, but not the lead, but I knew I had what it took. So having to overcome my, myself, believing that I got it um, and what I have is enough in the quantity I have it right now, you know, what I've got is, you know, there, there's nothing more. Uh, there's nothing less. I think that that was really, really troublesome. I, I, I kick myself and hit myself 25,000 times. So by the time Ondela comes and, 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 and reprimands me, I've already taken myself to war about it. So I think having to overcome that, and that goes back to the trusting myself and knowing that everything I've got is good. The financial stresses, I mean, I think everyone can identify with that. So I'm not even going to get into that. But yeah. Thank you so much for sharing so openly and for being vulnerable. Um, to you know, to let us know about your dyslexia. That's that's inspirational. I can imagine what it's like seeing all those words scroll up very incredibly fast. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And you're doing great, sweetie. You are really doing such amazing work. <laughs> thank you so much. Is there anything that you you think you would have done differently um, before getting into the industry, or you know, even now during your time in the industry? Um, would you do anything differently? Having more of a voice, owning my voice in my space. I think I'm still learning it. I'm far from where I need to be, far from where I need to be. But owning my voice, um, saying what you know you deserve, um, speaking up a lot sooner mm -hmm. about things and saying these are my yeses, these are my noes, these are my non-negotiables. And that's that on that, you know. I think it's so difficult for a young black woman in, the, in our industry. And it seems like what the industry right now is all about young black women. And that is true. But in the boardrooms, in the rooms behind the scenes, do we have as much say? And that's where it's crucial. And that's where it's key, I think. So definitely, I think speaking my voice and making it heard, uh, something that my mom right now, if she's listening, is going to die. Procrastination. I'm princess procrastinator i'm a queen procrastinator i'll tell you the best way to not do something immediately and i think that if i had if i just learned to get on things a lot more i think i'd be a lot further i know that's whack to kind of say because it makes me seem like i don't appreciate where i am right now and i do appreciate it i'm so grateful for what i have where i am and who i am within the space i find myself in but I do believe that if I were to get up off my butt a lot quicker, a lot sooner and act, do it, behave. You've got this idea, act on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that also echoes the finding your voice because essentially maybe I procrastinate because I'm not trusting the voice I have and speaking up for myself. But I, you know, it's a dichotomous, like it's a, it's a lot of back and forth in one's mind when you're dealing with the, the concepts. But I think if I were to just not procrastinate and if I were to have done stuff a lot sooner, I think I would have saved a lot of myself hurt, a lot of time wasted, um, a lot of money wasted. Uh, so yeah, finding my voice and procrastinating would be the things I do differently. If you could go back to 13 year old Bali, what would you tell her? Gosh, and do you know what's so iconic that you're asking me this? Timing <laughs> is everything. 
I literally was asked by a close cousin of mine to write a letter to her daughter who's turning 13, who turned 13 in November, um, to write her a letter. 13-year-old, Bali, to 13-year-old her. Well, now where I find myself today, to 13. So this is literally echoing the conversation. What would I say to her? So this is, are you ready for a real conversation? I'm ready. Let's lean in. I'm going to talk, first of all, about the romantic element of it. Because yeah. life is not only about making money. We want to find that love. We want to be happy. We want to be content. I think I did not know how special I was for a very long time. And um, if you go into a jewelry store and you find gold, what's the first thing you're going to do, queen? You're going to go up to that gold. You're going to want to try to put it on. You're going to want to in- interact with it. You kind of like how it feels. You kind of like how it looks. You want to keep it to yourself because now you've experienced it and you want to keep that. Um, I never saw myself as gold for a very long time. So any attention I got, any, I mean, I'm not going to say I was living that life, no, but I mean, I, I found myself in relationships with the people that just weren't for me, that God was saying, no, reverse, he come back. No, but I was just like, oh, he thinks I'm pretty. Oh, let's stay here for like a year. Nah. You are gold. You are special, 13-year-old. With that is going to come eyes. With that is going to come people who feel bold enough to step up to the gold, who thinks, okay, maybe I can put this on. Maybe it's my size. They try fit it on, and they're going to want to keep you. Duh. Expect it. Don't be surprised by it. Don't uh, entertain things that you're not meant to entertain all because they're keeping you close. Of course, they're going to keep you close. It's their job to keep you close. You need to always put yourself first and put yourself in a situation where you're not compromising your thoughts, your ideas, who you are as a person for someone who was never meant to be for you in the first place. So that's just on the romantic tip. <laughs> I'll just tell her that. Yeah. Um, what else would I tell myself? Keep, well, I, I don't even want to say I would tell myself keep going because I think I've always had that in my mind, um, not to give up. One day is one day. I really did believe one day is one day. And they can't say no forever. That's been my saying my whole life. That manna manga, they're lying. They can't say no forever. Who's ever knocked on a door for eternity? It's impossible. They'll open, even if it's to tell you to stop knocking. So keep knocking, queen. (laughs) Yes, they'll never. They can never say no forever. At Rhodes, there was a saying. It was more of an equation, P over R. Persistence over resistance. Period. That's a life lesson. So I'll tell you, I'll just, you know, keep knocking. But also ask for help. You know what? That was actually my next question. At no, honestly. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> you said it right out of my mouth because I was going to ask you, how important is it to ask for help? You know, as women who are very focused, very driven, sometimes asking for help is seen as, a sign of weakness or that's what we think internally. We always just overthink things and we think, no, actually if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm not capable of doing something. Yeah. Like, How important is it to you to ask for help? Oh, girl, you know, you're touching me where it hurts right now because I suck out of a hundred percent. I give myself maybe 5% in that department. I am not the one to be giving any advice on asking for help. I find myself drowning daily. Mm. 
I got it. No, I got it. I got it. We are raised to be strong women. You're strong, girl. You're strong. And we're forgetting that even the strong ask for help. Um, I only now when only my hand is now showing above the water. Is someone like, oh my goodness, is she drowning? Finally, do you need help down there? And I'm still like, well, if you can just maybe get the finger. And I'm so sorry to hurt, to, to like disturb you. Yes, not to inconvenience you. Girl, you're drowning. I'm so sorry. If you don't mind, if you can just, just if you can give me a finger. And then, girl, if I don't just pick up and dive in and help you, like, I am so bad at that. <gasps> I'm learning. I'm getting to the stage. I mean, just a key key between you and I. <laughs> I don't know if you want to your listeners to hear all the tea when it comes to us just setting this up. How many times do we have to, oh, no, this, oh, no, that, oh, no, it's rescheduled. How's Monday? Okay, how's, because I never ask for help. I believe I can do it all. And sometimes I get clapped by that very same thinking um, where things end up falling to the wayside. And if I had just put myself out there, asked for help, uh, <laughs> yeah, who knows, maybe I'd be on a billboard by now. I don't know, I'm just putting it out there. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's really been a, a life lesson. I'm slowly getting there of asking for help. Mm. Well, thank you for that vulnerability and the honesty because I think many of us struggle with it. Um, we overthink the fact that we don't want to inconvenience people. And I, I was saying to someone earlier on this year that I am tired of being a Bogoto. You can keep that title. Thank you. I no longer want it. <laughs> Where can we pledge? I'm with you, girl. <laughs> So asking for help is so crucial, and I think more of us should be doing it. It's not a sign of weakness or that you're not capable of doing something. It's actually a strength more than anything to be able to ask for help. And it also shows that you've got confidence within your own talents and what you do, that someone else can step in and do the rest. You don't need to prove to anyone. And I think that that, I know we're probably so sick of this phrase, but it's so real, imposter syndrome. I mean, I think I was one of, I, I got an A at that class. Imposter Syndrome 101, I was front row, honey. I graduated summa cum laude. I was right there. I'm telling you. And I always thought that, no, they can't see me sweat. Mm. But then I'd probably just ask. I think I'd only ask my mom for help. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, so let, let's all pledge together the United Nation of non <laughs> <laughs> we are going to ask for help when we need it. <laughs> uh, so, so on this platform right here, right now, Ondela, if you ever need help with anything, you know where to find me, Queen. Call me, I will help. Thank you, Belly. And the same applies to you. Please don't overload yourself. I will be here. And that is the pledge right here. On I receive it. <laughs> is there someone who's played a tremendous role in either motivating you to be where you are today or just supporting you 100% to make sure that you are the woman that you are today. Does this have to be a person I know in real life? <laughs> or in real life, or it could be somebody that you, you know, look up to? I would like to split this up into two. Let's say mentors in real life, tangible, you know, engage with, and then there's those that just you've been exposed to. So let me just start with the... What should I start with? In no particular order, in no order of importance, <laughs> but 
first and foremost, Oma, first and foremost, Oprah, First and foremost, Oprah freaking Winfrey. I think she's everyone's mom. You know, she's just that mama oh. She's she's she belongs to all of us. Oh mama oh for reals. Like what I saw in Oprah Winfrey, words cannot in my mind, she's Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? You know, like everyone is like Beyonce. No, I am part of the O Hive. Like for me, Oprah exudes someone who has been faced with so much um what's that word in english where adversity she's from a very young age from the jump before she even knew what thing i can go on before she even knew what she wanted to be she just knew she wanted to teach She wanted to be a teacher. And she grew up in a household where her grandmother was a helper, a maid, essentially, to some good old white folk. And I remember Oprah was saying that um, when she was five years old, she was watching her her grandmother put up uh, clothes on the washing line. Apparently, it was freezing cold. I think she grew up in Georgia weather like literally seeing the frost come out and coming out of your mouth and her grandmother was like come on out come on help me you know because you need to learn so you can be a good housemaid and the the grandmother's biggest wish for oprah was for you to grow up and find some good old white folk that you can work with and from that from that young girl who was molested raped um, fell pregnant, um, you know, at, at such a young age. I think this all happened between before she was 15 or, or 16. Yeah. For her to be the mogul, multimillionaire, uber success, uh, and more than just the money, self-actualized person who she knows herself. You can't tell Oprah about Oprah. You know, and I just look at that and I have to marvel. Imagine the amount of self-work you have to do to get there. That, that, that's, that's no easy feat. Um, yeah. Being able to overcome your own inner demons, having, be, having to be able to question every single day in a time where there weren't people who looked like you, De, de, uh, delivering the news. I mean, she always says that she always wanted to be um, Diane Sawyer, I think she says, that she always just wanted to emulate from the way she sat to the way she spoke. And then she realized that, you know what, I need to just be me. So Oprah definitely was just that for me. Um, the fact also that Oprah, I think, Fell so I cannot trip and I can walk perfectly. I mean, the mistakes she made, the things that she came into contact with, that I'm at a stage now that she did that. She did the falling. She watched the house burn down. She built it up again. She, she did all of that. And the way she was able to connect with millions of Americans and people worldwide mm-hmm. every single day. When was Oprah ever sick in over how many years of being on broadcast history? When she truly emulates not making it about you, 
it's not about posing the most perfect question and asking. Yeah, it's important because people do pay their TV licenses, as South Africans like to remind us. But as much as as much as they do want excellence, mm. um, I like Oprah says her brand is excellence. Says that she struggles when people ask her, "What's your brand?" And I can identify with that. I don't like to think I have a brand. I'd like to think my brand is showing up on time, doing the work, mm-hmm. making sure the client's happy, and leaving. That's my brand. So I think Oprah has just emulated so much for me over the years, over the time, the life lessons she's instilled, um, opening up our broader understanding of life, understanding ourselves and where we find ourselves. And she was doing it all on television, exactly the same place I want to be. Now I was paying attention. I was listening up. And then on the other end, the lady in my life who, you know, every single day was killing it. I think, oh, yes, my mother. (laughs) I feel like that's such a cop-out, though. It is my mom, definitely. I call my mom. I've already said my Oprah mom. I've told you already. I literally called her my Oprah mom. Uh, I literally call her daily my Kris Jenner. She's the, you're doing great, sweetie. My mom used to tell me about auditions all the time. I remember I was at Rhodes and my mom would be like, okay, there's an audition for Live Amp in Johannesburg. She'd book me the bus ticket. I would sit in the bus for 16 hours, shoot up to Johannesburg to audition, make it on time in, in those long queues of open auditions and open calls, audition in front of them. I wouldn't make it in Johannesburg. Then my mom says, you know what, my child? Mm. It's Joburg. Everyone goes to Joburg to make it. The competition will be less strenuous in Durban. Hop on a bus to make it the very next day. Audition in front of them all over again in Durban. I'm sure you'll get further on. Hi, and then I would do that. Hi, boo. Did I not live that life my whole life? The, this past the presenter search I won. My mom was there first thing in the morning, bringing me and my friends blankets and breakfast in that long 4 a.m. queue. That was just my mom. That still stays with me. My mom is up, is here on think, why haven't I done this? Why haven't I sent my demo here? Have you forgotten about acting? Is TV presenting your life now? Have you? Ah, mom. She sounds incredible. (laughs) She honestly sounds incredible. The best momager. She really is. She's Chris Jenner, girl. She's about the coin, make it queen. I'm a watch you work. Yeah. So those are my two ride or dies. Amazing. I love how you just went into such great detail about both women. Um, and everything you said about them reflects in you as well, because the work you're doing on television, you're inspiring so many girls and so many girls are looking up to you and they're realizing that this can be done. So I'm so glad you touched on that. And your mom must be so proud of you. Um, and you know, she's probably so proud of the woman that you've become. So we celebrate yeah. you on this platform so, so much. Oh, thank you. And on that note, my dad will be like, I'm Am I just chump cheese? <laughs> I call my dad my brain tank. He's like my thinking tank. Like if I haven't, like, I remember where things weren't just working out. Things were not working out for me. Listen, in Joburg, I went to the chase after graduating. I was like, I'm making it. I'm going to be a superstar at my second audition. I've got it. The lead role. Three years down the line, the lead role still hadn't come. And my dad was like, you know, I had to move back to Durban because of like family requirements, like needs. I just thought, you know what? Going back to being crazy, I quit my job vibe, you know, leaving everything just to pursue my dream. But in through, in throughout that whole journey, I needed to move back to Durban. 
and I did. And I was now pushing YouTube because at that time, I think it was now 2016, YouTube in South Africa was starting to really pick up. And my dad was like, right, sit down, pen, paper. I've been thinking about titles for your YouTube name. Like we were brainstorming. Yes. I I was like, daddy, I didn't even ask you for that. He's like, no, listen, my child. Then we need to get a sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think they, they both really taught me. And also besides just the career stuff, things have happened in my parents' lives. We've seen them go down, up get hit, uh, go through a tsunami, get up again. And I really do have taken that from both my parents that life comes at you mm. real quick at several what the hills an hour. And you need to be able to take the punches as you get them. So I think that's what, yeah, definitely. Amazing. And just before we wrap up, um, I wish this conversation could go on till tomorrow because I'm really enjoying it. But what... Uh, you probably get this question all the time before an interview ends. Um, but it's, it's such a profound question, I think, because everyone's answer is always so different. But what words of encouragement would you leave for someone who's possibly feeling like, I cannot go on any longer and I, what's the point? You know? So how, you know, how would you advise someone to just keep- First of all, I do not take that question lightly. So I don't know if I want to say thank you or take it back. <laughs> Because with that question comes a lot of responsibility because who knows who's listening right now. And these words I'm about to speak could be the difference. Um, So it's, first of all, a platform that I do not take lightly. So thank you for entrusting me with that question. Um, But to answer you, a number of things. Find what works for you. I do what I love and I'm pleased to do it. But you know, there's this saying that says, do what you love and you never have to work a day in your life. Uh, to find what you love, do it and you never have to work. That's a lie. That, that's a lie. Yeah. It's difficult working. Whether it's in a, it just makes it easier waking up in the morning mm-hmm. because you go to do what you love. But I do believe work is work is work. Um, And let's say you don't even have a job to go to and you're unemployed. You could be studying right now. You need to find what works for you Um, on situations where I wake up and I don't have the energy. I I don't feel bubbly. I don't feel happy at all. Um, I've got my own things that work for me. I believe in affirmations. I believe in visualization. I believe in twerking it off. (laughs) listening to music and just getting it out my system um I do believe I know some people say gym works for them I'm yet to have that healthy relationship I'm still needing emotional strength to start working out but um I need to always find what works for me what's what 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 is it in those moments that just makes me feel good I think in moments where you feel like giving up and not wanting to do anything, I think what's crucial and important is just feeling good. Don't, don't think about your to-do list. Don't, that comes secondary. That comes tertiary. Like that's, that's later. So for me, it's finding words that uplift me um, about myself. And reminding me of that, even when I don't feel it. You know, on days that I'm feeling my most weak, my most vulnerable, my most not myself. There's no confidence that day. Um, I like to tell myself, you are confident. So I'll tell myself the polar opposite of 
what I'm feeling. So first of all, for me, it's key, it's crucial, key, and highly important for me to identify the source of the feeling. So what made me feel that way, first and foremost? There are a lot of feelings and there are a lot of stimulus that come to you throughout the day. Looking at your phone down at Instagram could be something that makes you feel like, you know what, this is not even worth it anymore. Identify that feeling. Eliminate that thing. (laughs) So why I'm saying you need to identify what that source is so that you can take it away from yourself. If it's a thought of a person who said something negative to you, identify that, own it, name it. It's so crucial to name what made you feel the way you feel. Was it a thought? Was it something someone said? What was it? Handle that. Mm -hmm. Take yourself, isolate. This year has been about isolation. Isolate yourself from that thing. Deal with those feelings. Now when you've dealt with those feelings and you've taken yourself away from that thing, Now, what makes me feel good? What will replenish the stock that I've just given away? What will, I like to call it my key. So my happiness, my sadness, any extreme emotion, I call that my key. So did Ondela take my key today? And what can I do to get that key back? Was it the taxi driver in traffic? What were, I'm using very mundane examples. Obviously, in your own life, it could be addiction. It could be abuse. It could be so many different things that get us down. Divorce, suicide. It could be so many different things. Um, losing a loved one during COVID-19. So many things that might be the source. Um, trying to take that key back because life happens. You only have your joy. That's forever. Take your key back. Once you've got your key back, now it comes to replenishing that stock. Now, when I say replenish that stock, Queen, I'm talking that affirmations. Telling myself, I'm capable. I'm articulate. I am eloquent. I have got everything it takes to make this interview, this conversation a great success. I will get the best out of my guests at every point. I am a shining light of success. Money is, it just loves me. I attract money. I'm a money magnet. I'm a money-making machine. Brands are attracted just by my name being on the list. If my name is there, everyone wants in. So telling myself these things, almost as if I'm crazy, almost as if now I'm starting to feel like, hey man, this is me now regaining that power. For you, it could be running on the treadmill. It could be different things. But actively Physically find something that replenishes that stock, that feeds you. Another one for me is prayer is essential. Um, Meditating over the word, that is part of my success as a TV presenter. It's, It's as much a part of me in every way. And then when I've done that, I like to, again, as I said, listen to music, shake it off now. Now you're good. Now you're shaking it off. Now it's time and it's your job and it's your responsibility alone to maintain that. So you were asking me earlier about my why, like what, what keeps me going, yeah. asking questions of what my why is. It could be making mama proud. It could be buying mama a house. It could be so many different things. Find whatever works for you and make it a habit. Whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it is actually, it's, 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 uh, what's the word when, um, you know, when they say what's love got to do with it, it's irrelevant. Whether you feel like doing it or not is irrelevant because now it's a lifeline. It's a lifeline. You've already established that every time I listen to Britney Spears, 
every time I say these affirmations, every time there's also a Wonder Woman stance that I like to assume for two minutes that has literal chemical effects within your mind and helps you present yourself as a more confident person. If you do that every single day for two minutes, it's a little kiki between you and me. Two minutes every single day, it's called a Wonder Woman stance. Google it. So it's doing these different things. Now I know it works for me. Now I can't also assume that I'm going to want to listen to Britney Spears every day. It's not a thing that I'm going to want to watch TV Jake's sermon every single day. I don't want to spend 20 minutes every single day giving myself self-affirmations. I don't want to go to bed every single day listening to certain frequencies that trigger happy feelings within me. But you got to do it like it's medication. Mm-hmm. You've got to be so insistent, whether it's visualization or whatever form of meditation, yoga, whatever feeds you, healthy habits. I'm talking healthy habits. Mm-hmm. Do it, practice it over until it becomes like, tw- they say 21 days for you to get a habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you to start to like int- do that. And then every now and then, the cherry on top, I see my mind as a garden. The weeds are the negative thoughts. The seeds are the positive thinking. So every now and then, weeds are going to grow in a garden. They're bound to grow in a garden. It's weeds' job, right? The same way our minds will bound to have negative thoughts. Do not beat yourself up about it. Do not say, oh, how can you entertain this negative thought? Just go back into your garden. Weed out all the weeds. Mm. You know, rake up the soil again. Put in a positive thought to replace that negative thought. Remember I said you need to always see what the source was Mm -hmm. and replace it with something positive. And then sow another seed of positivity. And then you continue to water that seed. So your positive thoughts are you watering your garden all over again. Every now and then go back into your garden. It's daily work. It's, 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 it's it's a lifestyle. (laughs) You know, they like say it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It really does become a point, especially in the entertainment industry where people knock you every opportunity they get, uh, dog eat dog world, but what industry isn't, even the medical profession and there's lawyers. So you always need to replenish your stock. This is what's worked for me and I hope it will work for the next person. You are such an incredible force. I mean, I feel like you need to write your own book <laughs> so that we can include to all these profiles. Oh my goodness, I received that. I'm sorry to cut you off. You had no clue, but right now there's something that has to do with a book that I can't say too much about that I've literally been procrastinating, <laughs> procrastinating about. And that was a sign. But more to follow next time. <laughs> we, you need to come back onto the podcast so that we can talk about that as well. <laughs> but Bali, thank you for being such a phenomenal guest. Honestly, you said so many things that I want to literally go right down after this interview. You are such a force and we are supporting you all the way. You are such a phenomenal woman and I know that the best is yet to come for you. We are rooting you on all the way and I hope that you continue to inspire so many people and that you ask for help when you need it. I take that on, Queen. But before I leave, I just have to give a huge shout out, a huge thanks, not only to you, Ondela, but to the entire family that is the stream. I think that it's uh, platforms like these that are not only entertaining and fun to be a part of, but they're crucial right now. These are conversations that I think everyone needs to be having. So kudos to you for sticking to your ideas and your passion and your motivation and not only taking your dream that was a little seed, but you harvested it, you watered it, so much so that it's this beautiful, lush, 
forest garden filled with fruit that even I now can be a part of. So I definitely appreciate you and thank you for taking up the time to get to know me. Oh, thank you so much, Bali. Ladies and gentlemen, Valessa Chembe. Oh, what a queen. Thank you so much, Bali. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Stream, sponsored by Lena Lena Luxury Sleepwear. Small batches of limited editions, locally and ethically produced in SA. Browse their beautiful range at www.linalina.co.za and get yourself a set to transform your stressful day into a peaceful night's sleep.